here's the big problem is that a lot of movies are set in Las Vegas, but there are very few movies that are actually about Las Vegas. Ooh, chilly December is here with nights made for movies around the old crackling streaming service. But what movies, especially those set in or about Las Vegas, deserve a view or should be avoided at all costs? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I argue with cinephile, professor, poet, and Vegas expat Gregory Crosby as we scroll through the hits, misses, and abominations of Vegas movies. It's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Gregory, this is my first opportunity to say these words. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks, David. So what makes a film a Vegas film? Well, I've been thinking about this all morning, and really it occurs to me that most Las Vegas movies fall into three categories. The biggest category is just, you know, it's it's the spectacle, baby. Uh, it's Vegas with a dollar sign where the S should be. That is really the, the majority of films... Uh, that are set in Vegas are set in Las Vegas in, you know, giant flaming neon letters. Uh, because there's actually, I was going to make a little distinction here, a little subgenre of that, because there's the spectacle Vegas movie that could happen anywhere, and they just happen to set it in Las Vegas. And then there's the Vegas spectacle movie that only could happen in Las Vegas. So really, if you think about a movie like The Hangover, honestly, if we're honest, The Hangover could be set anywhere where there is uh, any kind of resort or tourist permissive place where people, you know, get very, very drunk and do crazy things. A movie like Honeymoon in Vegas, probably the flying Elvi are not going to come over if that movie was called uh, A Honeymoon in Portland. Okay. Well, and I, I think the, the proof is in the sequels, right? Yeah, So exactly. even an example, there were all the yeah. various Hangover movies, Hangover movie in Thailand, you know? Exactly. Uh, and, and it was essentially the same plot. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's the that's the big spectacle sort of movie, the movie that could be set anywhere. There's a movie that really kind of has to be set in Las Vegas because that's what's giving it whatever cachet it might have. Again, Viva Las Vegas, not a great movie, but where are you going to set that movie besides Las Vegas? Viva Elvis, Viva and Margaret, Viva the excitement when these two let themselves go on a wild and woolly world through Funtown, USA. It's literally in the title, Viva Las Vegas, and it trades upon uh, all of the associations for Anne, Margaret, and Elvis to sort of, you know, pop out from. Here's the big problem is that a lot of movies are set in Las Vegas, but there are very few movies that are actually about Las Vegas. And those movies that are about Las Vegas on some level are usually only successful because they are somehow about Las Vegas history, which is why probably the, the best movie about Las Vegas really, that hits every single check on the list is something like Scorsese's Casino. For guys like me, Las Vegas washes away your sins. It's like a morality car wash. It's a movie that that is very much of Vegas, about Vegas, set in Vegas. It's unimaginable anywhere else because it's literally about the history of Las Vegas. 
albeit one particular, you know, facet aspect of it, but it's really, really about it. And it gets most of the history, you know, uh, very right. But really the movies that are, that really capture Vegas in all of its aspects are, are the movies that not only are, are about Vegas and set in Vegas, but just sort of get into the deep sort of quintessence of some aspect of Vegas. And I found thinking about it recently is that a lot of it's really visual. Of course, you know, no duh, it's it's a movie, right? It'd be hard to do a, a Vegas piece that's like full yeah, interior yeah. in like a Summerlin home, although some have tried. Yeah, but, yeah. It's it's not the same thing at all. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense because yeah. the bombast is so ready for the taking. Yeah. And yeah. So how can you not depict yeah. it? Unless you have scenes that are set in that are and really the movies that are shot in the city and that really take advantage of all of the city. And whatever time period we're talking about are the ones that I keep returning to with a feeling of like, oh, yeah, that is that's Vegas. And you mentioned Casino. I think Casino is probably if if, you, if one were to ask uh, any critic, uh, what are the best generic movies ever made about Las Vegas? Casino would probably top almost everyone's list or definitely yeah. be in the top movies. I think I think I think it would have to. Yeah. What are the best depictions of Las Vegas on any criteria? In film. All right. Well, here's you take a movie like 1972's The Night Stalker, directed by Dan Curtis, which for quite a while was the highest rated TV movie ever broadcast. It's a TV movie. Yes. Yes. It, it yes. stars everyone's a, beloved journalist detective. Right. Carl Kolchak. Sunday, May 16th. At approximately 2.30 a.m., Cheryl Hughes was standing at the intersection of Casino Center and Fremont Streets waiting for a girlfriend to give her a lift home. So it's a vampire movie. That's it, it's, it's just a vampire movie, right? Uh, but it's set, really set in Las Vegas. If you watch it, it, all of these scenes are shot in Las Vegas, right? One of the opening scenes, the first victim of the vampire is uh, a young woman leaving her shift at Binion's Horseshoe. Cheryl Hughes, tired and hungry, but just mad enough to walk the eight blocks to her small frame house off the corner of Ninth and Bridger. I don't know about you, but when I see a, a movie, uh, an old movie about Vegas that's really set in, in Las Vegas, that was shot downtown or on the strip, or just uh, there's a scene where they're in one of the washes, right? Uh, that's actually set in the actual desert landscape and the cars are actually driving in places that actually existed. There's this indescribable feeling. It's not exactly nostalgia, although it's part of that, but it's more of this uh, amazing moment of, oh, yeah, that's, that's Vegas. It might be the Vegas of 1972, but it feels like Vegas in a way that a movie that uh, you know takes place entirely in a made-up casino, right? Uh, or is supposedly in Vegas, but you can sort of tell when they shoot it that uh, they're really not shooting this in Vegas. A prime example recently of that would be the TV show Hacks, right? Where, you know, it's supposedly set in Las Vegas, but then they cut to scenes where it's like, yeah, that's not that's not in Las Vegas. That's fine, whatever. You just sort of roll with it. But to watch a movie where it's actually shot and has that fling of it, uh, to me, is more and more are the Vegas movies that that I really, really appreciate. One of the other movies that, I, that sort of had that feeling for me was the remake, the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, which you made me watch. Which and, I made you watch. Which, which was enjoyable, which, but we did have different takeaways. So We did have different takeaway. takeaways. Well, my takeaway was just m- half of the movie takes place in one of those classic master plan communities, right? 
Uh, and I remember seeing it here in New York and having that, that strange feeling of like, oh, I know exactly that street, those houses. I know exactly how it feels to be in that environment. Well, the right? one part of that I agreed with you wholeheartedly was just this great cinematic uh, helicopter shot, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. It's at night. Uh, you see the entirety of the strip as literally a strip kind of at the top of the screen, illuminated as it is. Um, and then you see this vast sort of desert area that you and I both know is filled with homes and stuff. But for the purpose of the shot, it was kind of, you know, deserty in its fullest. Right, right. And then you hit the lights of a master plan community, which right, is a right. very Vegas thing. And in yeah. a vampire setting, that, yeah. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and once upon a time, that that would that shot would have existed. There would have been some community where, at a certain mm -hmm. point in the growth, if you saw it from above at night, would have just been this weird little isolated, you know, grid of lights. Uh, as you've told me, uh, where where better for vampires than a twenty four hour city to prey on the night shift? Exactly. Let me shift gears and describe another movie which no one knows because it's an art film, and that's Nina Menke's Queen of Diamonds from 1991. A movie about a, a young woman who is uh, a dealer at the long and lamented and long, long gone Vegas world, which uh, for those of you who only arrived in Las Vegas the other day is uh, what uh, is now occupied by the Stratosphere Tower. It's called the Strat, New Yorker. Yeah. They've rebranded. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, one of the one of the pleasures of being an old school Las Vegas person is I don't agree with rebranding. So I'm still going to call it Treasure Island, not Ti, and I'm still going to refer to it as the Stratosphere Tower and not the Strat. Anyway, and still call the win the Di. I get it. Okay. Exactly. So Queen of Diamonds. The, the the Queen of Diamonds. It's this this young woman. She's a she's a dealer, uh, and she's just a lost soul. <laughs> you know, the movie just sort of follows her around, uh, having all these strange encounters. Right with various denizens and various characters, and yet the movie is shot right there, right downtown in the shadow of Vegas World. And again, it's an art film; it has its longures, these little sort of boring stretches. But as an experiential sort of experience, sitting there watching it, it feels as if you've just slipped sideways in time back into early '90s Las Vegas. And for me, more and more, those are the movies that really the the, the movies that somehow have captured the actual lived environment. That almost in the in the way of a documentary, yeah, and and the color palette too. I mean, yeah, the Queen yeah. of Diamonds really strikes me for some of the what what actually amount to stills, but they're moving cinema. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just these long lingering shots, like of her behind the giant wheel that was uh, yeah. a, a big part of Vegas World. Just the colors and the sounds and all that stuff, all there, yeah. right? Yeah, you it's know. all there, and it's it's a movie that gives one the feeling of Las Vegas more than any number of movies that are more ostensibly. Uh, about uh, a very Vegas aspect of Vegas. Right. And, it feels lived in Vegas. Yeah. And here's yeah. the other curious thing. So just to contrast that, because that I was just talking about movies that were clearly shot in Vegas at the time. They've captured uh, like time capsules, those versions of Vegas, right? Another movie that does that, weirdly, is Francis Ford Coppola's One from the Heart from 1982, which famously, the entire thing is built on a soundstage. So Coppola didn't shoot in Las Vegas, and yet so meticulous was the the recreation of of say downtown, 
Fremont uh, or, Street. Or Fremont Street. Toward the end of the movie, uh, Frederick Forrest's character is like rushing to try to convince Terry Garr not to leave. Uh, and he pulls up in front of the old McCarran Airport. I remember seeing that for the first time and having this vivid Proustian rush of like, oh, I remember. I remember pulling up to McCarran Airport before it was redone. And here it is, right? So we talked about some of these films that have really depicted the, the local or lived-in experience of Las Vegas. So what are the worst depictions of Las Vegas? Most of them. I mean, I mean, the first thing that leaps to mind is something like Con Air, right? You know, uh, Leaving Las Vegas is to me a terrible... Again, Leaving Las Vegas is a movie... You know, Nicolas Cage's character could have drank himself to death anywhere, right? There's nothing very specifically Vegas uh, about that. Uh, most depictions of Vegas are just that that thing where it's like we're going to use Vegas uh, for a joke or as a backdrop uh, because everyone knows what Las Vegas means when it enters into the story, right? Which is all the usual cliched, stereotypical things that Vegas means. Excess, right? excess, the whole the whole thing, right? Abandon. Uh, I want to I want to point out a movie that's not completely set in Vegas, but absolutely captures that kind of aspect where it's like, we need Vegas for this plot point. And yet at the same time makes it feel very real and like, Oh, and that's uh, Albert Brooks lost in America. Okay. From 1985. Yeah. Right. The whole scene when he's trying to get the money back, right. That, that movie doesn't work unless those characters go to a place like Vegas where Julie Haggerty's character, who's never gambled in her life suddenly discovers gambling. How down are you? Down, down. How much down. have you lost? Everything. What does that mean? Everything. Now, what do you mean? Everything on 22 and make it happen for me. Why the 22, hell are you betting 22. all that on one number? Come on, Why did you get that number? One is 22. 22. Come on, bet. Stop betting Come 22. On, Double zero. Shit. You lost. And loses their entire retirement nest egg. That's a, 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 a funny movie, a great example of a movie that, okay, you had this had to be in Vegas, but you did it right. Or do you okay. disagree? No, I, I fully agree. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you what. I fully agree with the scene in Lost in America. I think it's yeah. one of the most interesting depictions of visitor coming here and interaction yeah. with yeah. the casino manager, all that stuff. It's such a great scene. I'm going to respectfully disagree with Leaving Las Vegas. Um, uh, you know, the adaptation of a very interesting novel of somebody who's so desperate that they felt like Las Vegas would be the place where they could just disintegrate. And I, I think a lot of people do have that view. And, and so I accept that as being a Las Vegas film. But what about really, really bad depictions of Las Vegas, Gregory? Come on, spill some some that sucked tea. I know you're good at that. Here's a really, really terrible depiction of Las Vegas that isn't yes. even a depiction of Las Vegas. Give it to me. And that would be the version of Vegas that shows up in... Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Where it's this this projected future version of Las Vegas that has now been, you know, abandoned, has fallen to ruin. And it is so such an over-the-top projection of all of the uh, all of those cliched ideas about Las Vegas that someone would imagine, oh, well, that's clearly where Vegas is going to wind up. Uh, mm -hmm. the way the architecture is going. There's just going to be giant stripper statues and whatnot. So set them up, Joe. You get where they're where they're going with that. But at the same time, it, it feels, as someone who grew up in Las Vegas, too on the nose. You know? And it cheapens our experience in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same feeling I had as a kid reading The Stand and feeling like, really, really, all the evil characters are going to go to Las Vegas? I get why you picked it that way, but really, it's, it's one of those things where if you're someone from that place, you know, it's the classic problem. Everybody's home is someone else's postcard. And in Vegas, that problem is multiplied a thousandfold. 
10,000 fold, right? And it's funny now. So, you know, when you were touting some of your favorites before we got into it, you're talking about vampire movies. And now when you're talking about your least favorite, you're talking about apocalyptic films. And there are are quite a handful of apocalyptic films. I would would venture to say that the recent release, Army of the Dead, might be the worst Las Vegas movie ever made. I would agree with you if I'd seen it, but I avoided it. Please do. Like, don't even go there. Probably we can name off a dozen apocalyptic films where the filmmaker's vision of where society denigrates and, you know, absolutely dissolves itself is Las Vegas. Damnation Alley. uh, I was just about to to say, Damnation. The brilliance of Damnation Alley is not only do the survivors uh, roll into Vegas, but somehow... The power is still on in the in the completely emptied casino, and one of the characters says the immortal line. Boy, nothing changes. Bomb or no bomb, the lights never go out in Vegas. The lights never go out in Vegas, right? Even though that Even makes after the no apocalypse. sense. Yeah, no, it makes no sense whatsoever in this apocalyptic landscape, you know? And I love that Circus Circus is still standing. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, that's the yeah. brilliance. Like, when everything yeah. else is gone, Circus Circus yeah. will still be standing. Yeah. Um, a lot of films in Las Vegas, right? Circus Circus in, in itself had a lot of films. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, sure. Diamonds Are Forever, the Bond film and stuff. Sure, sure. But, and we could talk about these films forever and ever, but I, I want to end this way. Why do Las Vegas people care about how we are depicted in those films. Why do we care so much? Well, for, for the exact same reason I was just saying, it's because no one has made a film about Las Vegas that captures everything that Las Vegas is, including all of, all of the, the over-the-top outrageousness of Vegas. And I don't think anybody really is going to unless the filmmaker in question is somebody who grew up in Las Vegas, somebody who is from Las Vegas. No one's really done a movie that is not just set in Vegas, but is really about Vegas, right? Because there's been normal, there's been movies that are just you know normal, like Pay It Forward, right, or Fools Rush In, which are not, which are simply set in Vegas, but they're the kinds of stories that you think, well, these are actual real uh, people. These stories about they're not, it's not Showgirls, right? I'm really glad that you mentioned Showgirls. You and I diverge, I think, on Showgirls more um, prominently than any other film. I, I love that film. I watch that film once a year near my birthday just to remind me how much I love that film. And Showgirls was that, you know, re- remarkably ridiculous, over-the-top, scene-chewing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, overwrought uh, depiction of uh, a, a, a gal who winds up in Las Vegas, you know, uh, all about eaves her way into the main showroom at the Stardust Hotel, uh, and then, you know, her entire life comes crumbling apart. Uh, you know, but but not before, you know, th- some of the best scenes in Vegas yeah. cinematic history that depict in, in and from my perspective, depict how Vegas is viewed by people who may never have been to Vegas in their lives. Yeah. If Casino is the gilt edged, uh, highly respectable, high art book about Las Vegas, then Showgirls is the absolutely lurid, cheap ass paperback that uh, you didn't buy from the drugstore. You found it in the gutter and read as you were sitting on the curb, uh, desperately hoping <laughs> that you would uh, somehow figure out some way to you know, find a place to sleep tonight because you were so completely you know, wasted and busted and, and flat ass broke. So yeah, um, Showgirls, again, Showgirls has its, I, I don't hate Showgirls. It's just, you know, at the time it came out- You don't respect felt, Showgirls. I don't necessarily respect Showgirls, but Showgirls is a lot of fun, obviously. Right. Unlike a movie like Cleveland Las Vegas, which is no fun whatsoever. And I still think it's very, very overrated. Gregor Crosby, thank you for joining me on CityCast Las Vegas this morning. Great to see you, my old friend. Thank you, David. 
Now here's some Vegas news for you. After Valley Hospital was caught on tape apparently placing an indigent patient on the street for the UMC hospital to intervene, local shelter and service providers are reiterating that so-called dumping of people who are homeless by hospitals is both prevalent and problematic. This clearly shows our community needs a more effective safety net as more and more people become priced out of homes, medical care, and basic needs. Inflation may be running rampant, but casino gamblers haven't seemed to notice. October proved to be the 20th straight month in which Nevada casinos saw a win of more than $1 billion. The surprise this time was downtown, which posted its biggest win ever at $90 million. But as always... If you have an issue with problem gambling, please, please, please reach out for help. Lots of options in Las Vegas. There's no shame in not being part of the billion wagered and lost to the city. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. So what's your favorite Las Vegas movie? Let us know. We'll share it. Does it star Nicolas Cage? There are a lot of options there. And if you enjoyed the show and know Nicolas Cage, tell him to comment. Or find some other movie-loving friend to rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Uh, I don't know all your your setups for punchlines, Gregory. You don't. You don't. You don't know the exchange from the Princess Bride. Uh, Have fun storming the castle. You think right. it'll Do work? You think it'll work? It'll take a miracle. It'll take a miracle. That's Thank how you, it Max. works. Thank you, Max. You're welcome.